by faith. We believe it. And more than that, we believe what the angel said, that he would reign over David's throne forever and his kingdom would have no end because he took that body and rose again from death. And now Jesus, our King, reigns on his throne forever, seated at the right hand of the Father. Seems impossible. And maybe we can't fully grasp how that takes place, the incarnation, the death and the resurrection, the exchange of his righteousness given to us. But this is what God has promised. And the only appropriate response is to serve him in faith. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. December 24th, 2023. Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. About this time of year, my family has this tradition where we take out what we call the puzzle table. We pick out a puzzle and we start the year off by seeing if we can put the puzzle together. Each one of us, time and turn, going to the puzzle table and seeing how many pieces we can add. Of course, if you've ever done a puzzle, especially those bigger ones, you probably know what it's like to start a puzzle wondering if all the pieces are really there. That's probably one of the reasons why we don't usually buy used puzzles. Nobody wants to sit there and count a thousand or more pieces just to make sure they're all there. It's hard to, to, to serve, to set out on something, to do something with this leap of faith, wondering if it will all come together and how it will come together, or if. I wonder if that's maybe the way that sometimes we feel when we're serving God in our life. When we set out to obey and to do what he asks, maybe it is sometimes something we wonder about as we say, how is this going to fit? How is this going to work out? I'm sure that a young woman felt that way a long time ago as she received word of God's plan for her. We read about that in Luke chapter 1 this morning. And as we consider those words, we, we see just how important it is that as we serve our God, even if all the pieces might puzzle us and we don't understand how it all might connect, it's important to serve our God and serve in faith. As Luke starts out in his writing of the gospel account, he first brings into mention that man, Zechariah, serving in the temple. The angel Gabriel is sent to give him the news that his wife would give birth to the forerunner, to the Messiah. Then we see Zechariah, Zechariah the mature priest, as he's serving in the temple, has trouble with this. And he says, how is this possible? The man who is a mature priest in the temple in Jerusalem is questioning if God's pieces all line up and fit. And so he's struck speechless. How would it turn out when Gabriel was then sent to a different place? Gabriel goes to Nazareth, now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Luke records. And in that small town of Nazareth and Galilee, far away from Jerusalem, is a young woman, perhaps around the age of 16 or maybe less. And this young woman is pledged to be married to a man named Joseph of the line of David. And that might sound significant, but, you know, David's line didn't mean much by this point. After all, Luke recorded this was during the time when Herod was king in Judea. Herod, not, not someone from the line of David, but an Edomite. And David's line was scattered and seemingly broken. Joseph was a lowly man. Mary was a young, lowly woman. And they were in a, a town far away from the temple. 
That's why you can imagine her surprise as the angel appears to her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Zechariah, it says, was overcome, overwhelmed with terror at the appearance of Gabriel. Doesn't so much say that about Mary, but it does say she was troubled. The word can also be translated here. She was perplexed, and it says she wondered what kind of greeting this was. After all, did, did the angel miss some turn on his way past Jerusalem? What was he doing talking to a young woman about something? And why was she called highly favored? She knew she was a sinner. But the message went on. Don't be afraid, Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign and his kingdom will have no end. You know, for Mary to believe this, that God was going to send this message took an understanding of faith. You know, most people, when you tell them all this stuff about the line of David and the throne of David and everything that Mary heard, would probably many people, even maybe some Christians, leave them wondering, what is that all about? Mary knew. See, Mary had faith of what we read earlier from the prophets as we read from 2 Samuel, that God would send a man who would reign on David's throne from David's line and he would rule forever. We call him the Messiah. And Mary had faith that God was going to send the Messiah. And more than that, it took faith to hear what was going to take place because Mary was puzzled also, you can imagine, as she wondered about how this was going to happen. She asked the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel explained, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and so the one to be born, the holy one to be born, will be called the Son of God. So now Mary not only had to have faith that God was going to send his Messiah and that she was the one who would give birth to the Messiah, but she would give birth in a miraculous way and it would be God himself, the Son of God in human flesh, God incarnate, the Holy One. That, that you can be sure, took faith. Then Mary, as she responds to all this, the message of the Messiah coming, that she was going to give a miraculous birth by the power of God, it says the, the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. Not an evil, foreboding overshadowing, but echoing the words of Psalm 91, you will find refuge under his wings, he will cover you. A loving God, fulfilling his plan for her. He is with her to bless her and bless all people as he keeps his word. Mary simply can only respond in faith, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. You can imagine probably a, a lot of people on hearing this type of a message might have a different response. Maybe even some who claim to serve God as a, a Christian might even say, what is he talking about? That can't happen. That, that's not going to happen. My body, my choice. And no, I'm, I'm not just going to pick on today those who are guilty of the sin of abortion and struggling with that and who need the gospel of forgiveness. But the, the human heart, which is so set on turning aside from our God, that says, I'm going to do what I want with my own life, and God has no say in that. And yes, I'll, I'll claim to serve God, and maybe I'll give him some lip service, but 
I'm not his servant. I'm my own. See, to serve God really takes faith. It was a a miracle that God would send his son to this world. It was a miracle that the son would take on human flesh and dwell among us. But probably the greatest miracle that Luke records here is that Mary believed it. And it's a miracle that you believe that God would send his Messiah, born of a virgin, the Son of God in human flesh. That is a miracle because the human heart is so set against our God that unless he comes and gives us his word and his Holy Spirit comes to us, we would continually say, my body, my choice, and I don't want God getting involved in any of this. Serving God, we wouldn't even believe him. But God did the impossible. How can it be that God would come to this world and take on human flesh and walk among us? That he would wrap himself, clothe himself in humility, and he did it so he could overshadow us with his love and fulfill his plan for us. The Son of God walked in this world in human flesh, and he didn't say, my body, my choice. No, he said, here I am. Here I am, Father, and a body you've prepared for me. I've come to do your will. And he took that body, and the reason he took on human flesh was to, yes, it was his choice, and it was his body, but he chose to give his life for his people. As their king and the one who had reigned for them, he came to give his life, and on the cross he shed his blood according to his will and the Father's will. The choice of God was to give that body for us and to rescue us. How could it be? By faith, we believe it. And more than that, we believe what the angel said, that he would reign over David's throne forever and his kingdom would have no end because he took that body and rose again from death. And now Jesus, our king, reigns on his throne forever, seated at the right hand of the Father. Seems impossible. And maybe we can't fully grasp how that takes place, the incarnation, the death and the resurrection, the exchange of his righteousness given to us. But this is what God has promised. And the only appropriate response is to serve him in faith. See, our group went Christmas caroling this week. And we had a group where the children went caroling. And we went to a care center and found the people weren't able to gather in one place, so we ended up going down the hallway. And the children saying their Christmas carols, sometimes they entered the room where the people were and they would greet us and say, Merry Christmas, thank you for singing this to me today. And sometimes we couldn't go in the room, but we stood in the hallway and sang across the room to, to several rooms nearby. Well, one of these occasions, we stopped in the hallway and we stopped near an aviary where there were some birds on display. The youngest in our caroling group was pretty fascinated by those birds, but she kept on singing the Christmas carols, and I'm sure that just as she was fascinated by those birds, the, the people that heard her across the hallway were delighted to hear that message of the gospel son. Later on that afternoon, I told her, that was really good. Do you, do you know why we were going from room to room? Because those people are injured or, or hurting and they're not able to leave their room. So it's, it's great that you went to them and shared God's word with them today. She was puzzled. She didn't quite get how it all 
added up, and there was still something that evidently had been bothering her throughout the afternoon. So she asked, but then why were we singing to the birds? See, she didn't quite know exactly what was going on, but she kept serving. And by that serving, even if she didn't understand how it all exactly put together at that moment, she was carrying out the Lord's will. You know, it's the same for us. Just as Mary didn't fully understand what was going on, just as Mary was confused about how this could take place, in faith she was able to say, may it be as the Lord has said, I am his servant. And you too, who have found favor with God as he has given you his Holy Spirit, does things that we cannot fully understand and calls us to serve him in ways we do not fully yet grasp. He does mysterious things as he gives us of himself. It says that he has poured out his spirit into your hearts and he's given new life, the heart of faith in you. And he gives us of himself with the bread and the wine as we take his meal. We don't understand how this all happens, but we do know in faith God has a good plan. And God fulfills the impossible plan until he brings us safely into his kingdom. Until then, there's really only one thing to do, much like that young child watching the birds, or like that young woman in Nazareth, to simply say, the Lord is good. He keeps his word. May his word be fulfilled, and I am his servant. Our King comes and wraps us with his salvation. Serve in faith. Amen.